Alright, here we go. Welcome once again to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, the Friday edition. How is everybody doing out there? It is nice to be here with you. This is a podcast that covers Columbus, Georgia, and the Chattahoochee Valley, but we are also broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. It's a radio station out of Noonan. I have been there for over a year now, and I am privileged to be part of an incredible sports lineup, followed by the Rod Peterson Show and right before Braves Country Baseball with Mac McGee in the armchair quarterbacks. I also want to remind all my listeners that we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, The Man in the Mirror Podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. We have got a great show for you today. I was honored to be at Shaw High School yesterday as part of the media, and we had a press conference with the new head football coach of the Shaw Raiders, head coach Johnny Garner, and you are going to get an exclusive as I will air the press conference in its entirety. And I will also have my rankings for high school basketball as we're starting to get region tournament play in the AISA as the regular season is winding down. I'm going to be at the Shaw-Hardaway game tonight, a big region game on the campus of Shaw High School and I will be the public address announcer for that game. And then tomorrow, I'm filling in for the legendary Hall of Fame broadcaster, Scott Miller, as I will be calling the Columbus State baseball game against West Alabama. It is their season opener. They actually will play today on the campus of Columbus State University at 3 p.m. And I might check that one out. I think that that's going to be a good game for me to watch. And I actually think that We have got a fantastic sports lineup next week as we are one week away from the Super Bowl. And we've got plenty of Super Bowl memories to talk about. We could preview these two teams, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. There's just a lot of storylines. I mean, I'm talking about the brothers, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. I'm talking about the Andy Reid factor. You know, he used to coach for the Eagles. He led the Eagles to the Super Bowl, and now he's leading the Kansas City Chiefs to the Super Bowl. I think Dick Vermeil is like the only coach that's ever done that, that has coached two different teams to the Super Bowl. And he has a chance to win another Super Bowl. Whoever wins this Super Bowl is going to have two Super Bowl wins in the last six years. I mean, so that is very incredible. And I think it's fascinating, all those Super Bowl headlines. We have NBA All-Star Reserves announced and Trey Young once again. Like in the 2021 NBA season, Trey Young is snubbed as an All-Star. But congratulations to all the first-time All-Stars like Memphis Grizzlies forward Jaron Jackson Jr. and Utah Jazz forward Lori Markkinen. I cannot wait till the NBA All-Star game. That is always fun. I enjoy the slam dunk competition and the PlayStation Skills competition and the three-point shootout. It is always fun. And LeBron is closer to passing the all-time scoring record by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He only has 70 points to go. As the Lakers are in desperation mode, they get a comeback win over the Indiana Pacers, 112-111, to and they're only a game out of the playing game. And what is going on with the Memphis Grizzlies as they are free-falling? They lost to the Cavaliers last night, 128-113. to The Warriors didn't really help their cause. And then, could this be a preview of the NBA Finals? 
the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Clippers 106 to 105. I actually think that could be a preview of the NBA Finals because with a healthy Kawhi Leonard and a healthy Paul George, I think the Clippers are the team to beat. So the NBA All-Star Reserves were announced last night. The All-Star game is going to be played in Utah. You have Team Giannis going up against Team LeBron. The first-time All-Stars, the Oklahoma City Thunder forward, Shai Gilgis-Alexander. He's having just an incredible year, averaging over 30 points a game. You also have Domitatus Sabonis for the Sacramento Kings. He's the first Sacramento Kings player to make the All-Star team since Boogie Cousins. And the Kings right now have an, an incredible season. I thought De'Aaron Fox should have got in. He got snubbed, but obviously Trey Young got snubbed. Tyrese Halliburton makes the All-Star team. That was a point guard that the Kings drafted. I was really a fan of Tyrese Halliburton, and that trade actually worked out for both teams. Jaron Jackson Jr. making it for the first time. You have Julius Randle making it. Joel Embiid, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, DeMar DeRozan, Damian Lillard, Drew Holiday, and Paul George has made it for the eighth time. Those are the reserves. Your starters are Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Nikolai Jokic, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, and Zion Williamson. So it has been a while since I've had a show where it was me just running down all the sports scores as I had two shows on Tuesday night and I aired them here on this radio station Wednesday and Thursday. I was at the Columbus Civic Center calling the Columbus Rapids men and women's team against the Fayetteville Fury. The men's team wins 7 to nothing. A clean slate for goalkeeper Kurt Nowicki. Kyle Kurt led the Rapids with two goals, and the Columbus Rapids men's team is now 2-1 and one on the season. Their next game is not until February the 19th. They go down to Tampa once again to take on Martin Gramatica and the Tampa Bay Strikers. The former Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicker is now the head soccer coach for both the men and the women's team down in Tampa for the strikers. It was a good night at the Columbus Civic Center. Both teams won. Boy, the women's game was intense all the way until the end. And Callie O'Connor with three goals, including the goal that really put the game away. It was less than a minute to go. Columbus was just holding off Fayetteville. They were up 3-2. to two. Fayetteville went on the power play. They were trying to tie it. And Callie O'Connor puts it in the back of the net to give herself the hat trick and put the game away in the Columbus Rapids, get their first victory of the season, defeating the Fayetteville Fury 4-2. It was a great night for Callie O'Connor. Olivia Gerald also had a goal, and then you also had an assist by Ellie Russell. Callie O'Connor actually got a goal off the rebound, and WRBL's Jack Patterson did a great job with the highlights. You can watch that on the WRBL Facebook page. And it's really all about promoting the Columbus Rapids. I know it was a Wednesday night. A lot of people go to church. But we still had a pretty decent crowd. And I just, for the record, I go to church on Wednesday nights. But I actually, you know, felt like, you know, being the voice of the Columbus Rapids, it was very important to get that home opener out. We had a lot of views on the NISL's YouTube channel, over 2,000 views already. And that is incredible. I had the commissioner of the league, Andrew Haynes, up in the press box with me. And we talked for about 10 minutes. It was great having him on the broadcast. And I'm just excited about where this league is going. 
And the Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars both pick up impressive road victories over South Carolina Aiken. Let's start with the men's team as they defeated USC Aiken 80-77 in overtime. And Columbus State goes to 12-9 overall on the season, 5-6 in the Peach Belt Conference play. Nelson Haskin had a season-high 25 points, hitting clutch three after clutch three. The Lady Cougars dominated South Carolina Aiken 90-80. And the Lady Cougars advanced to 12-7 overall, 6-5 in the Peach Belt. The Lady Cougars were led by Amber Abuzbe with 23 points, shooting an impressive 78% from the field. Both teams will be in action at the Lumpkin Center this Saturday afternoon against Flagler College. And you can catch those games on Cougar Radio and WCUG 88.5. And also the Columbus State baseball team will be in action for three-game series at Burger King Stadium at Ragsdale Field. Super excited about Saturday's game. So Saturday's game at 2 p.m., I am privileged to announce that I will have the call because I'm filling in for Scott Miller because he's calling the Flagler games over at the Lumpkin Center. Super excited about that. The Columbus State Cougars are projected to finish first in the preseason poll in the Peach Belt. Cougars baseball team and Coach Appleton trying to duplicate what they have accomplished last season, making it all the way to the Super Regionals. All right, Tom Brady calls it quits, and this time for real. Seven Super Bowls, considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But the speculation on Tom Brady, because he talked to teammates and former players that he was not going to play after 45. You know, he retired last year on February 1st. He's retiring this year on February 1st. The timing is just, you know, he's got his big movie coming out this Friday. I could see why. You know, I could get into the whole legacy and the whole career of Tom Brady. I mean, he had a lot of breaks. The AFC East was a weak division for years. He had one of the best head coaches of all time, Bill Belichick. It was just a complete marriage until it broke off, and he wanted to prove that he could win by himself. And he did win a Super Bowl in Tampa, but it was a little bit older roster. The Buccaneers didn't have a run game. And I know that there was talks that he might go to the 49ers, but Tom Brady has just decided to call it quits. Now, his next venture, I believe he is going into the broadcast booth for Fox but, man, Greg Olson is doing a great job. You're just going to take his job? I don't agree with that. All right. I actually saw on the NISL webpage that the Tampa Bay Strikers have postponed their next game with the Rapids down at the Yingling Center on February 19th. It's going to be moved all the way to April the 30th. So the next game, the Columbus Rapids will be in action at the Columbus Civic Center on February the 22nd where they will take on the Tampa Bay Strikers and as always, you can watch the game on the NISL's YouTube channel as I will have the call. In year two broadcasting for the Columbus Rapids, I feel like it's a more smoother transition because I actually have a year under my belt to actually work out the kinks. And we had a lot of viewers on the YouTube page. And it was such a great atmosphere at the Columbus Civic Center and we hope to have a lot of fans out there get your tickets at columbusrapids.com if you want to go to a Columbus Rapids game seeing the billboards everywhere in the Fountain City as we are trying to build this thing up the Columbus River Dragons are on the road 
tonight and Saturday as they are taking on the second best team in the Federal Prospects Hockey League, the Dan Barry Hattricks. You got the Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars in action at the Lumpkin Center tomorrow afternoon. And that is why I'm calling Columbus State Baseball because Scott Miller is going to have the call for the Cougars and Lady Cougars. The Lady Cougars will start first, tip off at 1.30, taking on Flagler College. Both teams got impressive road victories over South Carolina Aiken. The Columbus State Cougars basketball team got an impressive overtime win over USC Aiken. And this is going to be a big conference game for both the Cougars and Lady Cougars. And a big shout out to WTVM meteorologist Dana Barker, who gave the latest weather forecast. He's been a guest on the show. I mean, he's about as busy as I am, as he is a high school football referee, a PA announcer for the River Dragons, and WTVM's meteorologist, as we have clear skies for this weekend. So, yes, we will have some baseball games. The Columbus State baseball team will open the Peach Bell Conference season in the NCAA Division II. They were one win away from reaching the D2 College World Series. They lost in three games to the eventual champions, North Greenville, and they are looking to get to the D2 College World Series. They are ranked second in the Southeast region by those rankings. North Greenville is ranked first. Now, this is going to look like a very different team from last year. They're losing their most dominating player, Robert Brooks, but they do have some players returning, including first baseman Steven Minter and outfielder Derek Weil. And I got to tell you, I am super excited about calling Columbus State baseball because I called baseball in college. I am honored to fill in for the legendary broadcaster Scott Miller and head coach Greg Appleton, which I'm trying to get on the show. He's got a great team. Players like Peyton Burton, Logan Seehafer, Chandler Reen, Leo Gianni, Noah Windhorse, and Isaac Bowton that hit that incredible home run in Game 2 against North Greenville in the Super Regionals. And I reached out to Scott Miller and asked him, can I use your soundbite? Because I thought his home run call was absolutely incredible. And if there's any familiar faces, it's because you have some Columbus Chattahoots here on the Columbus State Cougars baseball team. As Logan Seehafer was one of those players. Win Johns is another player that plays for the Hoots. And so I love seeing that local connection. And then we will have a familiar face. We will see him in the peach belt. It is Augusta University pitcher, Brian Trepanier. And I'm looking forward to seeing when Columbus State takes on Augusta University. A talented pitcher, relief pitcher for the Columbus Chattahoots, who's been a guest on the show. Yeah, I actually saw him at a Columbus Rapids game a month ago when they were playing the friendly. Just We chit-chatted a little bit. I mean, he's representing the Chattahoochee Valley, and it's always great to see a familiar face. i got to look at the schedule and see if Augusta comes to Columbus State. But that should be a great matchup. And I can't wait for the Peach Belt play for Columbus State University. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come down to Burger King Stadium at Ragsdale Field, and tickets can be purchased at csucougars.com. You don't want to miss it, and I am super excited, and I want to thank the Sports Information Director, Allie Kerr, for giving me this opportunity. I've built a relationship with the Athletic Department at Columbus State with myself filling in on the broadcast for Columbus State University Soccer. 
and they had that incredible run at making it to the Final Four, and I was just truly blessed to be on the call for that. College basketball last night, we didn't have too many upsets, as Georgia State did beat Georgia Southern 64-60. to uh, Kennesaw State, my favorite to win the Atlantic Sun and go to the NCAA tournament, they win over Bellarmine in double overtime, 90-84, to and Kennesaw State continues pushing their record 18-6 and overall. How about those Kennesaw State Owls? As I'm trying to get KSU alum Kate Norm on the show. They're taking on Eastern Kentucky this Saturday. But the big game, you want to pencil this one. They're taking on Liberty, who's 19-5. and Liberty right now is leading the Atlantic Sun Conference. And then they're hosting Queens. So on the 16th of February, they're taking on Liberty. And then they are taking on Queens on Saturday, February the 18th. Remember, Queens was the team that knocked off Columbus State in the NCAA Division II Southeast Regional Tournament in the first round. And now Queens has made the jump up to D1. So congratulations to the Kennesaw State Owls. They have had more wins ever in program history, and hopefully they can at least get an NIT berth out of this, and it would be great for the program. It would be great for the community of the North Metro Atlanta and all the family and friends that I know that are associated with Kennesaw State. There's a lot that's been shaken up in the SEC play for college basketball as number two Tennessee, which they're going to drop in the rankings after losing to Florida, an unranked Florida team down in Gainesville. They are hosting Auburn University in Knoxville this Saturday on ESPN. That is the big SEC game of the week. Alabama is going to be traveling to LSU. Alabama had their biggest win in program history, defeating Vanderbilt 101-44. to Yeah, I'm looking at that score right you got Arkansas taking on South Carolina, Missouri taking on Mississippi State. Georgia, they don't have really an impressive resume to get into the tournament, but at 14-8, Mike White has done a great job turning the program around. They're on the road to College Station taking on Texas A&M. And Florida, after that big win over Tennessee, can they do it again against Kentucky? Which Kentucky, right now, considered a bubble team but, you know, they're like the Lakers. They're in desperation mode. I mean, they've won their last five SEC conference games, including a road win over Tennessee, trying to bump up that resume. Remember, Kentucky at one time was 10-6. and six. When they were 10-6, and six, they were considered a bubble team. You know, losing to Kansas didn't really help in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. But, you know, you cannot have a tournament without Kentucky. I think Kentucky is going to find a way to get into the NCAA tournament. But if you look at the standings right now in the SEC, Alabama still undefeated. I know they took one on the chin, losing to Oklahoma, but it was a non-conference game. Texas A&M and Tennessee and Auburn, all at 7-2. Kentucky at 6-3. I think they'll get in just because of their conference record. Florida's at 6-3. But Georgia right now tied with Arkansas at 4-5. and five. And then the bottom of the SEC, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and South Carolina. I don't expect any of those teams to make it into the NCAA tournament. Now let's talk about the ACC because I'm local to Georgia. We do have ACC action to talk about. And I got to mention Georgia Tech because I'm going to cover Georgia Tech here on this show. 
And Georgia Tech, they really need to get a win over NC State this Saturday. You know, they lost to Duke last week. They lost to Louisville on Wednesday. Yeah, Georgia Tech really needs to get that win. Some of the other action, we got a ranked action between Miami and Clemson. Both are ranked. Miami's ranked number 23. Clemson's ranked number 20. And then a very odd, unranked matchup between one of the greatest rivalries in sports. Seven miles of Tobacco Road, Duke and North Carolina at Cameron Indoor Stadium. This is the first Duke-North Carolina game without Coach K. And both teams with a pretty respectable record, they're just not ranked. North Carolina had just an incredible season under head coach Hubert Davis. They reach the national championship game against Kansas. They beat Duke in the Final Four. That was a dream matchup that we all wanted to see. And so that's going to be a very fun game. You got Virginia taking on Virginia Tech. I think Virginia could be a number one seed. I think that Virginia right now ranked number six. What they do, their fundamental style of play, is the reason why they won the national championship in 2019. Tony Bennett has a brand of basketball where they fundamentally play defense. And every now and then, they'll get a DeAndre Hunter-type player, a good offensive player that can also play some defense. And remember, Virginia, they win the national championship the year after they were upset by a number 16 seed. So Virginia's been up and down, but I still think they could get a number one seed. Don't forget that my Bracketology show will air Tuesday night where I will project my number one seeds, number two, three, four, and I'm going to add the number five seeds. So every week I'm going to add another seed. These are the seeds that I think, these are the teams that are going to get the seeds. And I'm also going to pick my first four in and my last four out. The first four in would be in that play-in game during the first round of the tournament. The first four out are good teams that are just not going to make the NCAA tournament, and more than likely they'll be number one seeds in the NIT. Don't forget on this show that I will broadcast the press conference with the new Shaw head football coach, Coach Johnny Garner. I am super excited that I got to be part of the media yesterday, along with WRBL's Jack Patterson, WTBM's Jonathan Hoppy. One of the other media members there was Drew Plata. He was there with Jack for WRBL. And CYG Sports was there, and I think a reporter from the Ledger Inquirer. But I was very excited that I got to ask some questions to the new Shaw head football coach. But before I air that press conference, it is time for my top 10 for high school basketball for East Alabama and West Georgia. So here we go. Let's start with East Alabama. How about those Valley Rams? Yes, the Valley Rams. You know, they got a big game against the Callaway Cavaliers, a border wars this Saturday. Valley 26-0 as they defeated Lynette last night. And head coach Marshawn Harper has got his players believing that they could win a state championship. Valley, I cannot believe I'm seeing the score. 104 to 38 against their crosstown rival. Denali Dooley led all scores with 30 points. 
and he also had 10 rebounds. Jamarius Martin with 12 points and 10 assists, and Cam Dooley, 12 points, 7 rebounds. Oh, Jamarius Martin with 5 steals. That's just incredible. And I just cannot believe what the Valley Rams are doing. Valley is going to be number one on my list as long as I have a top 10 list. All right, number two is the Auburn Tigers. Auburn gets wins over local foes, Lochapoca and Notasaga. They are 23-3 and overall, 5-1 and in the region. They're taking on Tallahassee this Saturday. And so that's going to be a great game for an Auburn team that's trying to do well before we get into region tournament play. And Auburn can compete for a state title in 7A. And that's what they want to try to do. Number three is Lee Scott Academy. They are 25-1. and Their only loss was to St. Ampicelli in the Border Wars. But Lee Scott Academy in the first round of the region tournament defeated Springwood 76-37. to And then the number four team, the Glenwood Gators, how about those Glenwood Gators? 21 and 9 overall, 7 and 3 in region play. And Glenwood unfortunately lost in the first round of the region tournament to Macon East last night, 47 to 45 at Springwood School. It was a very tough game for the Glenwood Gators. I mean, after beating Springwood on Tuesday, they had a lot of momentum going into the region tournament. And uh, we'll see where they land when it comes to playoffs. Because I know that losing in the region could affect their seeding in the AISA playoffs. Number three, the Central Red Devils, 15-9 overall, 1-2 in region play. They are taking on Robert E. Lee this weekend. Number six, the Lafayette Bulldogs, 16-8 overall, 5-1 in region play. They did take a loss to Trinity Presbyterian. Number seven, the Russell County Warriors at 13-11 overall, 2-2 in region play. Had a busy week. They beat Smith Station 64-60 on Tuesday, but they lost a nail-biter to Northside of Columbus 67-63, and they got a big game against the Opelika Bulldogs this Friday night down in Seal, Alabama. The Russell County Warriors are at number seven. Number eight, Lochapoca at 14 and 12 overall, seven and one in region play. I'm impressed by that region record. They did lose to Auburn. Number eight is Notasaga, 14 and nine overall record with a seven and one record in region play. And then rounding out the top 10 for East Alabama is Smith Station with a 7-12 record, 1-2 overall in region play. Smith Station is a good team. I mean, I had them in my rankings just because, you know, they can get in to the region tournament and they can get hot. It does not matter what your overall record is. Smith Station went to the playoffs last year and lost in the third round. So they are a very good team. Moving on to West Georgia and my number one team, it has not changed. My number one team is the defending 4A state champions led by Tyson McDaniels. It's the Spencer Green Wave. They're continuing to roll. 18-4 overall, 11-0 in region play. Got a big win Tuesday night against Southwest on the campus of Spencer High School, 73-40. And they are taking on Northeast this Friday. Number two, the St. Ampicelli Vikings. 
16-4 overall, 6-0 in region play. After getting a big win over Strong Rock Christian on Tuesday, they are traveling up to Noonan to take on the Heritage Hawks, who are 13-8 overall. And I believe that Thrift Behringer might be taking that trip up there and broadcasting that game on his Facebook page. He mentioned that he was thinking about doing it. Uh, that would be amazing because if there's anybody out there that loves the St. Ampicelli Vikings and covers them, it's Thrift Behringer. Head coach Corey Black has just done a phenomenal job, and I love how they utilize their depth. St. Ampicelli is that type of team that likes to run the floor. I saw them in person a couple of times. I saw them beat Lee Scott Academy, and I saw them beat 4A Hapefield Charter in overtime. And so the St. Ampicelli Vikings, I got them at number two. Number three, moving up in my rankings, is the LaGrange Grangers. Even though they lose to Fayette County 86-67 to on Tuesday night, they still have an impressive overall record. 17-5 overall, 8-3 in the region. Remember, this region was tough for football. This is also a tough region for basketball as well. They're taking on Stars Mill this weekend. We got a big showdown between the next two ranked teams on my list. Number four is Chaco. Chaco is here because they are dominating in single-A D2. Chaco is 19-4 overall, 13-3 in region play after beating their crosstown rival Marion County 61-41. And then it's the showdown tonight on the campus of Chatco down in Casita, Georgia. They're taking on the Northside Patriots. So you got a 5A school of Northside taking on a 1A Division II school. That has got to be impressive. And I expect to see a great game. Number five is the Northside Patriots. Struggled a little bit after losing to Northgate, but they did beat Russell County on Wednesday. They got a 14-6 overall record and 4-2 in region play. One of the games of note that I am circling on February the 10th, Northside has taken on Harris County. Now, I'm going to put this out there because that's also the day that Pacelli is taking on Brookstone. And I promised that I'd probably help Thrift Behringer out on Viking TV if he needs me, but if he doesn't need me, I'm just going to put this out. Coaches, athletic directors of Muskogee County, Jeff Battles, I am willing to call that game. I know it's in Harris County, but that is a big game. Harris County does not get a lot of coverage. I would love to call that game and be the first game on Facebook Live on the Sports Beat. So my goal is to get the Sports Beat to actually broadcast games on my Facebook page. And so that is something I want to put out there, especially since we have high school baseball just around the corner. I mean, next week, Shaw is playing Callaway in baseball. That is amazing. Number six, the Manchester Blue Devils, after beating Schley County 80-53. to They are 17-4 overall, 5-3 in region play. Hey, they're taking on Harris County this week. I just talked about Harris County. New to my rankings, and they are just on a tear. The Callaway Cavaliers. 11 and 8. I mean, they started slow out the gate, but Callaway, and they got a big weekend because after beating Eagles Landing Christian Academy 65 to 62, they're 10 and 3 in the region. They're taking on region opponent Columbia tonight on the campus of Callaway High School. Columbia is 22 and 1 overall. They could compete for a state title in 2A. And then on Saturday, they're taking on the undefeated Valley Rams. 
Big games in the Chattahoochee Valley this weekend. I will have coverage for you next week when I have my high school basketball show. Wrapping up the top 10, I got the Columbus Blue Devils, 11-11 overall, 2-5 in region play after losing to Doherty. 54-50, they're taking on Thomasville this weekend. The Brookstone Cougars, they get a big win over St. Mary's Academy. They are 13-11 overall, 5-3 in region play. And they are taking on Heritage on Tuesday, February the 7th. And then number 10, how about those Kendrick Cherokees? They could make the playoffs. They defeated Northeast 69-58. They're on a three-game win streak, 10-12 overall, 6-5 in region play. They've got a big game on the road in Macon against Southwest this Friday night. And then I know they didn't make my top 10, but I just want to give a special shout out to the Shaw Raiders and the Hardaway Hawks who are facing off against each other tonight on the campus of Shaw High School. And But tip-off will start at 6 p.m. The Hardaway Lady Hawks will take on the Lady Raiders of Shaw Hardaway having a great season on the hardwood for the girls' team. And some of the other notable girls' teams that are doing well in the Chattahoochee Valley include the Carver Tigers. Carver trying to get back to when they went and won a state title for two seasons, once in 2019 and once in 2021. The Northside Lady Patriots doing a great job so far this season as well. And I like to see all these teams As we get into the region tournament, I will make sure to have coverage on the girls' side as well. Over in East Alabama, the team to watch is the Central Lady Red Devils. They have a talented freshman by the name of Jabria Lindsay. That is one of those players that could make a name for herself. And another, the Glenwood Lady Gators, as they are in the championship game for the region tournament tonight, taking on Lee Scott Academy. I had the privilege of seeing the Lady Gators in action against Abbeville Christian this past weekend, and they are looking to win their third straight ASIA state championship. They've already won two. Good luck to the Lady Gators tonight in the region championship against Lee Scott. All right, without further ado, the moment you've all been waiting for, I am going to broadcast the press conference with the new Shaw head football coach, Coach Johnny Garner, in its entirety. Want to give credit to some of the reporters that were asking the questions. WRBL's Jack Patterson, WTVM's Jonathan Hoppy, CGY Sports anchor Terrence Flowers, and there was a reporter from the Ledger Inquirer. I apologize if I didn't get your name, but I want to make sure that you get credit for this interview, which I'm about to air here on this incredible radio station. So right now, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and then we will be right back with the exclusive full press conference with the new Shaw head football coach, head coach Johnny Garner. Coach, you finally get the big call to lead your own program. How you feeling right now? I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, not really nervous, just ready to get to work. We're ready to take the process. And the previous stops you had here, obviously Northside and Carver, you coached under some pretty good coaches as well as your stepfather, Coach Flowers. What are the lessons you've learned on your journey that you'll be able to take to Charlotte? That's a loaded question. Uh, Like you said, I've been a part of numerous staffs and numerous head coaches, and I took uh, many things from each one. Um, How to run a program, uh, disciplinary, 
uh, aspects of the game. And it's, it's been a multitude of guys, and I've been picking and choosing what I like and what I love about them and putting to myself to put it all in one bundle. Knowing that you, your family has such a rich legacy at this school, what does it mean to you knowing that you get to build on that legacy now? I think they're two different legacies. Uh, I definitely will take from it, um, but I don't want to compare the two. Two different times, two different eras, uh, two different individuals, and uh, I'm grateful for it. Uh, but at the same time, I know it's a new day, it's a new age, and uh, they're going to be completely separate. Coach, when you evaluate that, even though it's two separate legacies, you want to make your own mark. But you know what success can be like at this school. You want to make this community and everybody proud. So what's your message to folks out there that are hungry for Shaw football to get back to consistently winning? Let's work. Let's work. It's only one way to get there, and it's not going to happen overnight. Um, it's going to be one of those processes that, hey, we got to attack. It's not about trying to get the wins and losses right now. It's about doing things the right way, um, making sure that we're being great mentors for these student-athletes and preparing them for life post-graduation. Coach, this program has kind of fallen on hard times. Only four playoff appearances since 2008. You know, I know it's a slow process, but how do you start building back towards where this t school has seen football success before? Um, like I said, attacking the process day by day. It's going to be an um, uphill battle, and that's fine. And that's fine. We look forward to that challenge. We look forward to it. Um, attacking class, attacking the weight room, attacking uh, culture, everything that we do. Shaw U is here, and uh, Shaw U is going to unite. I have no doubt about it. And we're going to uh, take this program to new heights. Coach Garner, when you talk about your process, describe your process. What is Coach Garner's process that these kids are going to find out? So doing everything um, at the highest of your ability, you know, no matter what it is, not picking and choosing, not negotiating with yourself, but everything that you do going all out, giving your all. Like I said, it starts everywhere in the classroom, in the school building, outside the school building, when you're in public, uh, in society, and of course on the field. That's great. And I love the story that Dr. Hendrick told about your interview when he invoked uh, those other younger coaches. So how old are you? I'm 28. So help, help Raider Nation convince them that why they think a 28-year-old can do what, what needs to be done in this program. Why are you confident that you have the, have the ability and experience to do it? Well, it's my job to work. It's not my job to uh, try to sway the opinions right. of people. I'm going to put in the work, and uh, they can form their own opinions. That's fantastic. Yeah. Coach, what are some of the immediate changes you are going to make early on this one change. So I can't speak on change. I don't know what's been going on. You know, So um, all I can say is that we are going to work hard. We are going to train hard. Uh, we are going to have our, hold our kids accountable. Uh, for their actions on and off the field. And with that being said, I feel we'll, we'll harvest those results that we need to play. It's going uh, to be some new faces. There are going to be some new faces. Um, we're going to talk with the staff that's here, of course, and we'll keep a few of those uh, people as well, as long as they're willing and able that want to coach as well. Um, but we are taking applications for, for people that are interested in coaching. Coach, after America Coaches Day is coming up, pretty soon being an african-american coach and knowing the impact you can have on the kids lives what does this mean to you knowing that you finally get the call to the big job that's what it's all about that's that's what we're getting this profession for is to make a difference in young men's lives not just on the field but uh, after post-graduation i know i was able to, to get that experience uh, with my previous coaches and my experience that i had in different programs they shaped me to be who i am today and so that's my goal ultimately is to prepare these guys whether it be uh, college, whether it be a tech school, military, whatever it is, post-graduation, 
I want him ready. What's your first message to the um, to your players coming up? What's going to be the first thing you say to them? Attack the process. <laughs> I know you played at Northside. Did you ever play under Coach Flowers in any capacity? No, sir, I didn't. Uh, okay, so when you learned from him, it was just observing him, is that right? Like watching him coach? Yes. So what did you learn specifically from Coach Flowers? I could go on and on, <laughs> uh, honestly, but um, about how to attack work, how to attack the day. Yeah. Um, the guy gets up at 4 a.m. to this day right now yeah. um, and attacks the day. So yeah. um, I, I, his work ethic, his drive, and his passion for kids. And what was his reaction when you told him he got the job? He was excited. He was yeah. definitely excited, uh, proud for me, um, and definitely wanted to let me know, hey, you got work to do. Are you going to rely on him in any way? Is he going to be involved in the program in any way? Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be my program. Um, naturally, we spend time with each other, so <laughs> I could imagine I would ask him a, a question or two, but uh, it'll, it'll be my program, my imprint on it, my snap. Is he here today? No, he's not. Uh, working. Okay. I understand. Coach, just to be clear, he's your stepfather. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Coach, with the new reclassification, Shaw made the playoffs last year. But uh, what is the expectations as far as winning the region with the likes of Westover, Bainbridge, Cairo, and then also your crosstown rival, Hardaway? I mean, what is what is the outlook in this uh, region for the new reclassification? Uh, like I've been saying, my goal right now, we're attacking the process. The results will come later. But right now, I'm more focused on making sure we're doing what we're supposed to do uh, right here in, in the building, in the classroom, and uh, with our weights and everything, our preparation for the season. Coach, there's a big emphasis on family here. You always hear Shaw you. How do you plan on implementing that within your program and, you know, making that a bigger, a big part of your program? It's all about creating experiences. It's all about creating experiences for uh, our young men uh, that they can rely on, they can revert back to once they leave uh, high school. So creating those experiences, whether it be in the classroom, whether it be on the field, outside, extracurricular, um, serving leadership, all of those things will incorporate creating that family atmosphere. Uh, family is all about time, it's time to spend around each other and the experience you have with one another. Coach Garner, what's your teaching job? What, what was it at Carver and what, what's going to be your job? At, at so I, I'm certified in physical education. So I was, uh, personal fitness, I taught weight training, sure. uh, health, the whole nine. So um, it'll be similar here. When are you, when are you, when are you starting when are you starting at Sean? Just real quick, I gotta got, got yeah, go. Go ahead, but when are you starting that show? To actually work here? Yes. Uh, I'm not sure they haven't gotten back with me yet. <laughs> right. so. Everything's still new, I understand. Right. Yes, sir. Great. Super, thanks for your time. Coach, uh, when will you start building the process of building up a staff, a defense coordinator, offensive coordinator? Are you already in the process of doing that, but when will the process start? Um. Yeah, the process is starting now. Um, got, I have a few people that are inquiring and in contact with so uh, the interview process will start now and uh, I can't tell you when it'll be over right now. Thanks coach. No problem. So um, I heard you mentioned three coaches um, to um, you gave an example of three coaches who are young and they're successful. How do you feel your age will be an advantage uh, when it comes to, to, to understanding these kids and how do you build that long respect because you're not even going to be mother's father. So how would it be an advantage and how do you draw that line of respect? Um, I'm not big on age being a number or age being the determining factor on whether you can do what or whether you can do this or that. I feel like it's about your intent, your action. Um, 
they're going to they're going to model themselves based on how I approach them. So if I approach them as an older figure, an older figure, they'll respect me as such. Um, so I feel I feel like it's more about action, how you conduct yourself. That's what you get the respect rather than just the age. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.